0: Hello, and welcome to Ryan O'Brien's Bible Bistro, a podcast all about the Bible, theology, and all things related to the Christian faith. I'm the Ryan Half of Ryan O'Brien, and, and this is episode number 16. This week we are introducing something we call pastor chat, which is just that, a chat with the pastor serving in the church, and in this episode, we talk with Greg Taylor, the lead minister of Second Church of Christ in Danville, Illinois. We talk with him about what's going on in his church and how they are responding to this cultural moment. As we've mentioned several times in the podcast, we want to support the local church and pastors and think conversations like this can help all of us get a peek behind the curtain of church life and make advances for the kingdom. This conversation isn't just for pastors, it's for all of us who are a part of the church community. Before we get started, if you're enjoying the podcast, would you mind leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or a review on Facebook? If that's not your thing, would you mind sharing the post about this episode or another episode you've enjoyed on Facebook, or just tell a friend? We'd love to expand our audience. All right. With all that said, let's jump into this pastor chat with Greg Taylor of Second Church of Christ. All right. Well, welcome back to the Bistro.
1: Hey, Ryan, how's it going? It's going all right. How are you today? I'm doing well. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's good to be here back yeah. in the Bistro. And the Bistro is on the road today. It is. We're in. It, it, you know, the Bible Bistro is kind of a state of mind.
0: like a New York state of mind. something like that. And now, but we're in Danville, Danville, Illinois. It's a Danville state of mind. And
1: we have a, a special guest with us today. Yes, we do. Greg, it? Greg Taylor is with us today. How are you doing, Greg? Man, it is a
2: blessing to be here. And I can't think of a better place for the bistro to land than Danville, Danville Illinois. Illinois. Yeah.
1: Hey, hey, that's right. We've had some good coffee and yes. some, some good uh, food. Yes. Yeah, yes. a good sandwich. So it is, it is a neat, neat little place. So Yeah, absolutely. Well, Gr- Greg is a pastor at Second Church of Christ in Danville, yeah. Illinois. And uh, uh, tell us a little, you've been here a couple of years now, is that right? Yes, yeah,
2: summer, late summer 2019, we made the move from... Uh, the Geo Center of Illinois, Chestnut, Illinois, to uh, <laughs> to Danville, and just, uh, man, what a great church to serve! Love Second Church. Cool. And so you're the you're the preaching pastor here, That's the right. senior pastor. The and... title they gave me is lead minister. Okay. And so we actually have a leadership team where we have an executive minister, a lead minister, and a next gen minister. Okay. And kind of the the three of us are the leadership team.
1: Okay. You know, Greg and I go way back. He knows Ryan as well. We've uh, used to work together at uh, at Christian College, Lincoln Christian College. And we were just talking earlier. We ate together on a daily basis. It's kind of cool. We would have lunch together. And uh, Greg's a good friend. He left that, Uh, went to another ministry, and we stayed in touch. And I'll say Greg's been there with me through some important times, and was um, I just appreciate you stuck with me in in the midst of difficult times, too. So Greg's a a good guy. And so we want to ask him some things today about um, ministry and and what it's like. Tell us a bit about what what do you like about the ministry here? What kind of things do you do do or what's important to you here in this place? Well, what I love about Second Church is they have tried to leverage – who they
2: are and where they are, for you know the most kingdom impact possible. I can remember first hearing about Second Church in Danville and just thinking, I don't think I'm moving to Danville, Illinois. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not a community that has. A great reputation. Now, I will tell you, I love Danville. Right. And there is so much positive. Now, there is some negative. I think every community would have some negative, but I think uh, Second Church has said, you know, this is our Jerusalem. How can we leverage? What we have here one example is celebrate recovery It's okay. a ministry that has been happening here for almost four years and i think it's revolutionized the church and i would say the community in a lot of ways so what is celebrate recovery celebrate exactly? recovery is a christ-centered 12-step recovery program rick warren saddleback oh, okay. church started mm-hmm. this 31, 32 years wow. ago, there's okay. 35,000 Celebrate Recoveries worldwide. Okay. But uh, prior to COVID, I mean, we, it wouldn't be a surprise to see 200 people here on a Tuesday wow. night. Wow. Okay. And it's helping people. A lot of people think recovery, well, that's booze or drugs. Um, really, they're saying it's helping people overcome hurts
1: mm, and hangouts okay.
2: and habits and uh, life transforming in
1: many ways. Okay. So yeah. there's lots of, lots of groups around for people if they're interested. Yeah. in Yeah, uh, I mean up. we have okay. like a
2: life issues group. So there's a women's survivors group. There's mm, chemical dependency. Right. There's a men's moral integrity group. Wow, you know, and that's a group that's growing. Sure. Uh, we have a we have a um, huge impact here with the VA just down the road. So there's a a group for veterans. And that's cool. I, I think it's just trying to help people where they're at realize your life as it is, is not where it has to stay. right?
1: And there's hope. And ultimately, you know, we believe that hope is in Jesus, but um, it's a good group. We've we've talked about a couple of times when we've talked about the church in decline and different things, the importance of connection, Ryan. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That
0: that was one of the things in one of our previous episodes, we did a discussion with Ryan Burge and he was talking about that uh, one of the Quotes that he said I thought was really profound. He's like, people usually come to church for the wrong reasons, right? But they stay for the right ones, Right. And so, you know, that importance of connection, especially with people that are they're dealing with these issues. I mean, we're all dealing with issues. Right. I mean, yeah, we're right. all sinners. We've all got these issues, but just that importance of connection with God. Yeah, all that. that's great.
2: And I think Second Church, one of the mottos around here is that we're a grace place. Mm. That looks great on a placard. Right. But to live it out, I mean, at times that's messy. It's very messy. Mm-hmm. At times yeah. that's challenging. Yeah. And at times it, it allows others maybe to point fingers at you and right. say things that aren't very nice. But I think the leadership here, we're okay with that. Good. you know And Good. we realize that there's times people will say, we're not gonna be here forever but we're going to be with you for a couple weeks or for a right. couple months and we need to heal and right. i i think uh the leadership here uh Whenever it happened, maybe it was back to when our friend Randy Kirk was senior pastor here in the 1990s, but I right. think they realized we got a great opportunity. Too many people run away from their community. They're right. embarrassed. I know before um, they actually interviewed me for this position, they'd talked to a couple people that uh, you know a headhunter had recommended, mm. and they said, well, we're really intrigued with your church, but we, we don't want to live in Danville. We'll live in Champaign, or we'll live oh, in Lafayette. Right. You know, that's not what this leadership's about. We are here and we want to make the most of the opportunities that we mm-hmm. have.
0: So, so Greg, besides, you know, yeah. you, you've know, you got a great community here, you, you've, you've got a great ministry going on here, so what else are you doing besides this? I mean, it's kind of why we came here, so tell yeah. us a little about what else you're doing.
2: So for years, when I was in Clinton, Illinois, I would drive to Decatur every Wednesday night for direct line radio with my friend Wayne Kent from okay. First Christian Church yeah. Decatur. And I always said, if I ever left Clinton and landed in a larger community, I was going to try to steal his ideas, totally his idea. <laughs> and so literally two weeks before COVID hit, we right. started Direct Line Danville Radio. Huh. And we were live in the studio for three weeks and then we've been pre-recording ever since. And wow. you guys came over today. Yeah. Yes. And we were able to uh, you know, record an episode of Direct Line for the May 27 show. But Direct Line looks at the events of the world and especially the events of the community through the lens of faith. Wow. And it's bigger than Second Church. You know, it's bigger than any church per se. Right. But it's really trying to help people. A lot of people that listen to AM radio are not believers, right. or maybe they went to church when they were a kid and they didn't leave well. You know, they they don't yeah. have this great image and we want to help people maybe see church, maybe see faith in a different light possibly.
1: Cool. Yeah, and it was, it was a first for us. We were on a yeah. radio show, it was kind of <laughs> interesting to be on the other side of That's the right. mic in a, in a way. <laughs> It was interesting. I don't know.
0: I don't know what to do. It's live. Like I can't edit this. Yeah. So. Well, right. let me
2: ask you this though. Give me some feedback. What Would you think of direct I thought, line? Danville. I it was great. It was we, very good. People should check it. it out. Check it yeah. out. How do they? How do they? If they want to listen to it, yeah. we'll Plug you here real quick. Vermilioncountyfirst.com is the home of Newhoff Media. Okay. And under Podcast, you can find Direct Line. And um, okay. I think we're up to show sixty four. Wow. I want to say okay. something along Whoa, those lines. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're we'll, big time, buddy. <laughs> well, we'll we'll provide we those. Just not not real double digits. Not yeah. that long ago. That's an so. LOL. Not real. We'll, we'll
1: provide we'll provide our uh, link to that in our show notes too, if people want to check that out. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That that was it was a lot of fun. No, you you did you made us feel at home and and did a great job. You and your co host Stephanie. I got to
2: talk about Stephanie. Yeah.
1: She um, does a great job. Uh, she gives obviously a different
2: perspective. And sure. She's our worship minister here in Main Auditorium at Second Church and. Um, love her perspective, thankful for our tech guys that make it happen, but it's one of those kind of outside the box ministries that early on, I think has given us an
1: opportunity to have a voice in places that we didn't have previously. That's important, important for us as, as, as believers, I think. So you mentioned COVID and how yeah. it's changed, how, how it's changed the way you've done the radio. And so then one of the things we really wanted to talk to you about was this idea. I think it's been a tough year for all of us, tough year and a half or two years right. now almost. Right. And uh, you know, for pastors it's been difficult because we've, we've had to, to, to do things differently. Our jobs have changed and this right. kind of thing. Our ministries have changed. And, and so one of the things we wanted to bring you on is to talk about this. So how would you say that the people here and the people you've ministered to have really responded to this crisis? Yeah. What do you think about what it's been like for you over the past couple of years? Give us some some insight in that.
2: Well, I think, um, and again, I'm speaking in generalities because in a lot of ways we don't really know 100% how it's going to play out. Sure. But since COVID hit, I think from a financial standpoint, We've been incredibly blessed, right. we missed a beat, which I would not have predicted right. that whatsoever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know we've lost people. You know, we lost people because maybe we didn't um, go far enough in terms of restrictions. I know we lost people because they said, I'm not wearing a mask and I'm not coming right. to church. So on both sides, I think you've lost people. But at the end of the day, as we open up more and more, we're seeing more and more people come back. Okay. But I-, I would describe my state as kind of a roller coaster. There were times during COVID, I would tell you it was the best of times for me. Hmm. I was stronger spiritually than I'd been. I was practicing spiritual disciplines on right. a daily, daily basis, walking. My wife and I spent a ton of time together last summer. But then there's times you get that email
1: or you get that message hmm. and it just, man, yeah. it cuts your soul out in a lot of ways. Yeah. You, you know? know, for me, I think the thing that I've said more than anything over the past, Year year and a half is be kind to one another yeah. and and it's like it doesn't matter. See, yeah. no matter how much I say that that, yeah. that, that that people struggle with that. I think a lot this. of
2: people are, but I think for some, um, the bullies, I would say, ha- have really had a platform at times, right. unfortunately. Right. And I think it has impacted churches. Yeah. And to me, when someone says Second Church isn't for me or First Christian Church Clinton isn't for me, and I found a place that I'm going to be able to grow in my walk with Jesus. I want to encourage. Yeah, you no, that. absolutely. Mm-hmm. My fear is many people walk and they're not connected right. anywhere, right. you know. And
1: I think that's uh, time will tell the, how, how much of that has played out. Uh, that's well said. The te- you know the testing kind of shows who we are, you right. know, what's important to us, and those kind of things. And I think we've seen we've seen right. some of that. So, right. and you know, it wasn't just COVID. Yeah, Brian. I, I mean, was going to bring this, that up. Yeah, yeah
2: racism that I, I think came to the forefront you know, with George Floyd and all right. of that, that happened. And then this election, I mean, I say yeah. every year it's the most contentious <laughs>
1: election in my lifetime, but I think in 2020, that's probably true. It was. And, and yeah, all of the, I'm glad you said that because really that's, you know, when we talk about being a pastor and I'm going to tell you where I'm just going to lay my cards on the table and tell you where my concern is. I, I've said early on in this, that, you know, I, I was seeing, talking to other ministers, talking to other pastors, and and hearing the distress and hearing them say, I, this is a different situation I've ever faced. Right. And like you're saying, getting the ugly emails, the ugly phone calls, right. people on, on both sides basically saying, you're, you're not doing this right. And, and I said to you and some other p- friends and some other people, I think we're going to see pastors walk away. And, and we have. We've seen people not going to a different congregation, but leaving ministry in general. So that's why I thought it was important to talk to you, Greg, and to to kind of say what what is it about all this? How do you, how do you think it is that you know pastors are responding in this in this period of time? Well, I think in twenty twenty
2: most pastors realized I, I didn't have that class in seminary, you know <laughs> oh, how, to ha- how to handle a pandemic, <laughs> right? So I think for a lot of them, I mean, it was I got to do whatever I got to do, and right. you know it's do whatever it takes, and they they really hunkered down. They probably worked harder and longer than maybe they ever had in their lifetime. And I think what you're seeing as you get into 2021, and I think there's fatigue, there's burnout. And I think, it's not changing maybe like they thought it was going to. And I think you're going to see that Brian William Vanderblumen. I don't know if you know that name or not, but he was on a Carrie Newhoff podcast that my friend, Randy Kirk sent us last fall, late last fall. And he said, 2021, you're going to see more people exit vocational ministry in a
1: calendar year than any year Hmm. in a long time, maybe ever. Interesting.
2: And I'll be honest. I'm seeing that.
1: Yeah. Well, I saw a radio show talking about the, the, People changing – it took the opportunity to change occupations a lot. Some right. like 20% of people changed occupations, and I right. think that we're seeing this – Ryan, you had some some things. Yeah,
0: I, there, was a, there was an article on the Christian Century, and it was talking – and this was just released May 17th, 2021. And apparently Barna Group had done a, a survey with pastors, and in the last year, over 29% of them had considered yeah. – not just leaving their church, leaving ministry right. full time. It wasn't. I'm looking for right. another church. It's just like, yeah, I, I'm done with this. And I think
2: right. that's that's a scary that's a scary prospect. Well, wrap your brain around that. That's three out of every ten. So yeah. think of 10 pastors that you know, 10 yep. pastors that we ate lunch with yep. at, you know, the bad Chinese buffet, wherever it was, you know. Three of them are saying <laughs> yeah. this year pastors I'm out. love nothing
1: better than a Chinese oh, buffet. Oh man, I'm right. telling Ooh. you, if you want to get a group of pastors. Do they even do buffets anymore? I mean, Is that even happening? I haven't, seen, happening, no. I haven't you know, seen it very much. So yeah. anyway, but you're saying three and ten of uh, like if you think of ten, Wrap your brain ten, around that. ten churches. 29%. Or, and, yeah. well, and
2: and again, you know, a lot of churches have multi staff situations. I know one of the trends that I don't think any expected is it seems like the bigger the church, the harder the hit. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the mega, mega churches, right. they, they've had to make some pretty significant uh, cuts. Right. and you know
1: Financially. Yeah and, yeah. and
2: two years ago, we'd look at some, and I won't name any of them, but you'd look <laughs> at them and you'd say, that's the healthiest church in America, or that's the healthiest church in our brotherhood. And they may be very healthy, right. but they've had to make some pretty massive cuts. I'll be honest, in March of 2020, I'm thinking to myself, how are we going to handle yeah. a 30% or – because they were saying 30 yeah. to 40% reduction in giving. That didn't happen here. And frankly, that didn't happen most places right. in the circles that I run. Now, yeah. I'm not
1: running with the big dogs. You know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not running but with I think the churches
1: of 10,000. I, I think you're right. Several congregations, people have stepped up. And, and you know what a great – Example that is yeah. that we're going to continue to give. We've we've seen people who didn't miss miss a beat with their ties and their right. offerings and fantastic. I mean that's a that's a great thing.
2: I, I think the other thing that I've realized and I've known this intellectually, but I think I've really seen it play out. Last week we finally jumped over the nine hundred mark. Now we right. were running about thirteen hundred before COVID. Okay. So. I'm not a math major, although I'm married to a math teacher. But I think that's around seventy <laughs> percent, right? Okay? Right. Um, giving has been, you know, we've been in the black. Yeah, right. So what's that say though about how how many people maybe mm. really weren't giving yeah. or weren't plugged in necessarily? Right. So I think right. you've seen that play out a lot.
1: Yeah, it's
0: yeah, and I and I think that's really interesting that you know how this is all playing out because I think there's as we talked about some of the other issues, not besides just a virus, right? But the issues of racism, yeah. Politics, yeah. Yeah. Like, talk to us a little bit about ministering through that because it's not just one thing at a time, yeah. And it it seems like each one of them has its own division line between them. You know, the virus has its own division line. Yeah, politics has its own division line. Yeah, racism has its own division line. How do you? How does the church navigate that? How have you guys navigated that?
2: Well, I don't know that we've done it correctly necessarily, but I think the the overarching principle has been. Jesus is the answer, right? Jesus is the answer. Jesus is our hope. So we've had more discussions on race. We've actually hosted and been a part of some multi-church, multi-pastor efforts that have taken place, but we've tried to always say at the end of the day, Jesus is the answer. Right. When it comes to politics, I mean, that is a dividing line. Oh I, my goodness. And and you've got to be really careful. And direct line radio. I know there's times that even if you discuss an issue that shouldn't be right. political party driven, but the issue of abortion. Right. I think sometimes people hear that as, you know, you're bashing one party or you're bashing one candidate. And just keep trying to go back to Jesus. Keep
1: trying to go back to the hope that I, we have. It's hard, but yeah. I think that's the that's the answer. I've been surprised on how people, on how people hear you. Like yeah. you'll say something sometimes, yeah. and they'll they'll take offense at yeah. it, and and because they're thinking you're making a political statement, or yeah. and it's like, yeah, yeah. I wasn't even talking about that at right. all. But it's almost like we're all on edge. Yeah, uh, Ryan, you'd mentioned that we're at home. You know, we're we're yeah. kind of isolated. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, it, we're depending on social media, right. and, and I'll, I'll say other forms of media. You know, yeah. television. Yes. You just, people have television channels on all day, and yeah kind of becomes a silo, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, we talk about fatigue and like everybody feeling fatigue. I've worked in a church that's been part of my life. And it's like, even when things are going well, there's always someone that's upset. Right. But like, I think in in this current climate, you know, you're trying to take this path and you're ever, someone's always going to be upset. And it's like, and it's typically not a small group on both sides. Like you're, you know, you're trying to play referee, but like, no, I'm putting it to Jesus, but it's like, it's both right. sides are almost warring with each other in that. Right.
2: We hosted, um, we actually produced a video with three really faithful African-American members of our congregation. Right. And we had a Sunday, we, we were going through a book, um, What Made Jesus Mad by Tim Harlow, mm, I don't know if right, you know right. that book mm-hmm. or not. And one of the things that made Jesus mad was prejudice and racism. Right. And so we announced, hey, we're going to have this video, and RJ and Brenda and Pat are going to be a part of it. I had one person really upset. What are they going to say? I said, well, Uh, you'll have to come next week. They were anticipating (laughs) that we were traveling down a certain road that was going to go against their political bent. And they were fired up before they'd even seen the video. And it goes to your point of just being on edge, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I also have to say this, I think sometimes depending on what show you're watching at night, (laughs) you know, if it's a Fox news or an MSNBC or CNN, I think sometimes they're trying to get viewers. And I think a lot of times the spicier, the more intense, the more angry, the more viewers. And I think we just, I have to be very careful. Yeah, you know, politics is something I love to talk. Right. Politics is something that I'm interested in, and I have to keep myself under control. And I frankly tried to just on a personal level stop watching as much of it. Right. I listen to a podcast every morning by okay. World Magazine, the okay. world and everything in it, and it basically is saying we're going to give you the news from a biblical worldview, huh. and it's really changed my countenance a lot of times because I know. They're not driven by this party right. or that party or this candidate or that candidate. So I guess I'm plugging another podcast. I don't know if I'm able to <laughs> no, do no, that. No, no, we'll Scratch but, uh, <laughs> this from the record. There is only one podcast. No, I, I, I love it. And, it, and it's helped change me in a lot of right, ways. You right,
1: know? Well, exactly what you said is, is, I keep encouraging people don't don't spend all day right. on on this one channel. Right, and, and I actually said it just a couple of weeks ago in a sermon. I said, "What's what are we being formed by?" Because right. We believe, and one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is we believe that we need to be formed biblically. Right. that that the Scripture should it's not just a matter of knowing the Scriptures and understanding right. them, but we believe it changes us and it forms us. Right. But if we're spending, I'm going to be I'm going to be optimistic. Fifteen yeah. minutes a day in Scripture. <laughs> oh you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and then we're spending, you know.
2: 10 hours in
1: front of an, I I don't care which channel, Right, it could be the history channel for that matter, what are we being formed by? Absolutely. What what is changing our way we look at the world?
0: Yeah. So I I read quite a bit. And uh, so I've been reading all these books and I had a buddy of mine one time goes like, how do you find time to read these books? Right. (laughs) And I said, and he watched Sports Center all the time. Right. And I'm like, because... I'm not watching Sports Center. Right. You know, like I just said, like this is important. I I remember coming to a place in my life, even in my Bible reading, like informing my right. mind, like kind of going, I can't continue to say that. Christianity and my faith is important if I am unwilling to make any time for it in my life. right? Right. Like at some point I have to quit just lying to myself. Either I have to admit it's not important to me or I have to change my priorities. And so I think it's, yeah, getting back to this, are we letting the world form our minds, which we know the world is not really great at forming our minds. Like it's leading us down this division and this path. And, um, you know, are we rooting ourselves in scripture, in God's word? You know, it's kind of going back to like, how would Jesus respond to this? Right? <laughs> you know, it's, right. it's coming back to that. And we can't understand that unless we're in the revelation from God about who he is.
2: You know, the first Bible verse I memorized was John 3:16. I think that's everybody's right. for. But I think the second was Psalm 119:11. Right. I've hidden your word in my heart, why that I I'm might not, not sin, sin against, against you. you. And yeah. um and I'm not always good at that. You right. know, I, I, I <laughs> right. I'm a guy, Ryan, I can waste a lot of time watching Ooh. sports. I can waste yeah. a lot of time right. watching politics. I can waste a lot of time binge watching something on Netflix. There's oh, times I'm thinking, why am I even invested in this right. series? And right. you're right. It's that idea of what really matters most. And, you know, I'm pouring through the minor profits right now because I'm getting right. ready to do a class this summer with a professor cool. yeah. on the minor profits. I mean, I haven't read through the minor profits in years. Right. Shame on me. Right. As a pastor, as a preacher, right. as a
1: minister, I need to do that more. Yeah, man, I did. A, this is kind of off the topic, but yeah. I did a series on the minor prophets, yeah. and I did this kind of before this yeah. whole cultural moment we're talking about it's right so now. It's so good. It is, and and you know the thing is, they these were these were guys that God called. These were people that God called to speak to their culture yep. about very difficult things, and yep. I think you know it really kind of tells us about the responsibility we have to say difficult things sometimes absolutely unpopular things sometimes you know right. these guys my my series i always titled uh, uh taking a profit to dinner cuz uh, there you <laughs> go yeah it's, well it's kind of that it's kind of that image that these guys would not be good dinner guests. Right, you know, these, right. These are not the kind of polite you know, they're not gonna engage in polite dinner conversations. Right. They're gonna say things that, you know, the people like you know, you cows a Bashan. you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. And and they're gonna say things that are gonna be offensive and and sometimes people need to hear. And I know? think
2: that's one negative trend that I see in a lot of churches is is preachers and teachers avoiding Mm. difficult subjects because they know it's not going to play well in the pews or the chairs or whatever the the auditorium looks like. A big issue for me, I'm adopted. So life has always been, Mm. the the life issue has always been really important to me. So every Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, I do something along those lines. And I can remember a really good preacher friend saying, I will never tackle that hmm. on Sunday morning because I know I got a lot of pro choice people in the pews wow. that aren't going to like it. Yeah. Um and he has that right to do sure. that. But um when I think about Amos, when I think about oh, Habakkuk, yeah. you know, when I think about some of these minor prophets, they're throwing down. You right. You know
1: what I mean? <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah. And, you know, that's my yeah. point. And that's why it's, you know, I kinda of, kind of that Reared image. These yep. are not people you would enjoy just right. hanging out with. Right, you know? yes. right. So
0: yeah, and I think you know to make this positive, we talked about like you know what's gone wrong, but that that the word of God can transcend yes. right these yeah. issues. That the word of God brings us back absolutely to the true north. Yeah, right? yeah. you know through all yeah. through all this stuff. So, Greg. W- w- What do you say to church members? You know, because we Mm -hmm. have two different audiences that kind of listen to this podcast. We have uh, some church leaders that listen to it, and we have people that are in the pews Uh as well. So what do you want to church members, as we've talked about, like the pastor fatigue and things that are going on, what do you want church members to know in order to support their pastor in this culture? You know, I'm going to use cultural moment. I'm putting like air quotes here, you know, but how do – because I think – Sometimes in the pew, we rely so much on the pastor just right. to guide us. But kind of going, hey, we're all in this together. It's the priesthood of all believers here. But how do, how does a church member? I said this to Brian at lunch. Like, yes, we're we're called to go out and change the world, but we have to change, be active in our church as well. Right, and that means ministering to our ministers as yeah. well. So how do, how do church members respond? In this I think moment? a
2: couple things. I think one. Man, be faithful, be involved, Mm, understand when you're not present, it matters. You know, sometimes the larger the church, you start thinking, does it really matter if I'm there? Um, Be involved, be plugged in, serve. You know, when there's a need, make sure that you're there saying, how can I serve? Here's the second thing. Encouraging words, encouraging emails, encouraging texts. I guarantee you make a difference for your pastor.
1: Right. Absolutely. We
2: are we are a bad news culture.
1: Yep. Mm. So
2: um I may listen to the Bible Bistro podcast 15 times and love everything that I hear and never say that to you. Right. But you say something I disagree with, I may <laughs> shoot something off to you and say, Well, I don't think that's what John, you know, 13 right. meant or whatever it right. may be. Give your pastor, give your preacher, give your minister encouragement. It is invaluable. I can't tell you the difference that it makes. Um, I was speaking with a a law enforcement leader not long ago, and I shared with him, you know, I think the overwhelming number of people support law enforcement. I really believe that, but they just never say that. They never tell people in law enforcement. And it's the people that are upset or the people that are angry that you hear from. And I just think that's a huge, huge principle that I would say to church members is encourage your minister, encourage your pastor, because a lot of them could be doing a lot of different things.
1: yeah, And you will miss them incredibly would be my guess if they're gone. You know that you're exactly right. And and I guarantee you, I don't care what church you're in. I guarantee your pastor has heard negative Absolutely. messages this, this last year <laughs> that they've gotten phone calls, they've gotten face to face angry comments, they've gotten yeah. emails. Yeah. And so you're right. And, you know, we kind of always have to remind ourselves that, that there are a lot of people out there who maybe aren't saying things who are, who are not upset with us, but sometimes it feels like everybody's right? upset. Cause that's the only thing we're hearing. Yeah, that's well said. And
0: and let me ask you this. How do you, what would you say to church members, how they navigate these issues on their own? Mm -hmm. Because I think it's sometimes it's, how would you help them get their mind? Because I think we all come from different standpoints. And, you know, if you live in an urban area or a rural area Uh or anything like that, or where you grew up, what would you say to them how they should be processing the world around them? I know pastors have a voice in that, but how can they, how can they be processing themselves to become
2: to these issues biblically or you know with with the mind of christ well i think um for many people to your point brian you said 15 minutes a day in the Bible. I think for a lot of people, sadly, even though they may be faithful to their church, the only Bible reading they do is on Sunday morning during the sermon, right. you know, or during their ABF or their right. small group that they're a part of. So I think having a plan to be in the word, but also having community with other people. One of the things I loved about our time together, Brian is so much smarter than I am when it comes to the Bible. <laughs> you may both. And, and I, I mean when this whole progressive Christianity series that we were looking at, I was bouncing all kinds of terms off you because I, I didn't know how to define deconstruction. Now that's crazy, I should have, but having someone that you can lean on, and I think in the local church level in the pew, having people that may be a little bit older, maybe they're a little further along spiritually that you can lean on, that you can mm-hmm. you know yeah. ask a question of. I, I've never, I can't think of a single time in my life that uh, church members reached out and said, you mentioned this in your sermon. I'm not sure I understand. Help Mm. me better understand it. That never bothers me. I I love that. You know, I would love to spend time doing that. But I think sometimes what happens is they don't understand it or it doesn't connect and they just kind of let it go. Right. And they don't push further to Mm. try to figure out
1: what is the principle here? What is the message here? This is important. This stuff's important to us. and yeah, Yeah. That's good. Very well said. So, you know, I, I was just we were talking about this just, just this past week, um uh, a minister of a really large church, a lifechurch.tv, Craig Rochelle I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people will know mm-hmm. that name and and you know, yeah. preacher and uh he, he preached on giving up. Yeah. And, you know, I said I'm I'm concerned that yeah. we're we're in this. We see some, you know, Barna, we we see some <laughs> smart people who are saying this is something we need to be concerned about. And he was very transparent to yeah. say even though he's in this great situation, a lot of a lot of ministers, a lot of guys would look at that and go, holy cow, you know, he's really made it. He's in this really good situation. But here's my question for you then, Greg. What would you say to pastors? Yeah. You know, whether they're in a, a larger congregation or smaller congregation, what would you say to encourage them in this period of time? I got three things. Number one, you are needed
2: more than ever. Hmm. There are uh, the Bible colleges. Many of them may not be producing as many vocational ministry majors as they did at one time. And I think every single person that's listened to this podcast, they absolutely are needed if they're in ministry. Right. Number two, don't go it alone. Don't Mm. be the Lone Ranger. I'm so thankful for friendships that I have and that I can lean on. We were talking at lunch about the Danville area. There was not a lot happening within our tribe of churches with ministers getting together and connecting, we've been able to do some pretty cool things, you know, sharing lunch, and, right. you know, dreaming of ideas that I think sometimes we're too locked into if I'm friends with this person. And I get to know this person. What happens if one of their church members comes my way or one of my right. church members goes their way? I think you just have to have a higher view. And yeah. then the third thing I'd say is look for opportunities where your soul can be nourished. Mm. You know, I found the spiritual formation retreat with Dr. Jody Owens from Johnson. Um, I was at a dark place personally in 2017, and I want to qualify that. There was no secret sin. Seriously, know, there really no, no, seriously. <laughs> right. really yeah, I, get yeah, I get Absolutely. what you're saying. But yeah. I didn't yeah. want to go to work. I I didn't want right. to be to church. Right, you just know? kind of burned out. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I went to that retreat, and I realized um, I was working really hard, but my soul was mm.
1: just thirsty. And right. I, I think there's opportunities that
2: you don't have yeah. to drive to
1: Tennessee to find. Right, that's good. Good, good words there. I appreciate that. Very, very well thought through.
0: Yeah, and so what? What would you say to other pastors out there? How do you remain? Resilient in this mm-hmm. time. You know, you talked about you're in a dark place. My ministry experience wasn't always super great. And right. I found myself in a very dark place at one yeah. point. How do other pastors that are maybe feeling this, this weight, how
2: do they remain vigilant and resilient right. during this time? Well, and, and again, don't do it alone. Don't go it alone. Right. And I think sometimes, I don't know your situation, but I think sometimes pastors, ministers have been burned by being too vulnerable. Or Mm, or developing friendships and then the friend betrayed them in the local church. Find someone that you can connect with, that you can confide with, that you can drink coffee with. If you're a golfer, you can play golf with. And don't go it alone. I think that's the number one mistake many vocational ministers make is they try to go it alone. They try to do it alone. And um, I, I can't do that. You know, I need to have a community I need. To, it's kind of a cheesy word, but I need to have a tribe yeah. of people that I can lean on. And and I've been blessed, you know, right. and Brian, you're one of those guys that, that. Um, you know, I, I am thankful for the friendship that we've had right. and the times that we've been able to be together. And if you don't know how to do that, ask. You know, if you don't know how to do that, one of the things that's happening in Danville right now is on the race issue. There's been multiple conversations with several white pastors and several African American pastors. And one of the lead voices in the African American church in Danville has said the number one thing you can do to make a difference as a pastor is build a friendship Mm -hmm. with a black pastor, build a friendship with a Hispanic pastor, and go eat at Red Lobster and sit in the middle of the (laughs) restaurant. So everybody <laughs> right. can see you. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a great model. model, model yeah. It, yeah. I mean, and, model and, and yet, you know, that's uncomfortable for yeah. some, you yeah. know, it's, it's outside your comfort zone for right. some. It's okay to be uncomfortable. Well, that's, you
1: know, that's what you said earlier, grace is sometimes messy. I mean, it sometimes is. it's, it's, it's hard. It's doing the hard thing. even when we know it's the right thing, you it know, is. so.
2: And in the other thing, Ryan, back to your question, Counseling is one of those yeah. things that most pastors have no trouble prescribing to the church member, <laughs> but would never think right. about doing themselves. That's well said. The longer, I'm, I'll am i be 52 this summer, I'm not sure that counseling isn't a good answer for just about anybody, yeah, quite honestly. I, I agree. We, we think, I can't go to counseling unless I have a crisis. No, yeah. And I think sometimes... Um, you know, I think of our friend Phil Foster, right? Right. the great work yeah. that he does in Bloomington Normal. And and he's one of probably a dozen that are available. Yeah. Um, if that's where you're at, I
1: think that'd be a great resource. It'd be great for churches to to help with that too, you know, encourage their their pastors to yep. participate in that. So yep. that's that's great. I really appreciate that. Well, I was talking to somebody about this this kind of idea that I have that people are kind of burned out. We've used this word fatigue, and they, they actually told the story that after Katrina, if you remember that the hurricane Katrina and all of that that rebuilding, that there were several church leaders in that area, yeah. Mississippi, in that general area, Louisiana, who after they got through kind of the the hardest part of that, and we're into the rebuilding part, you know, things. In other words, it wasn't in the middle of the crisis, but kind of they gotten through that crisis. A lot of them left yeah. that area. Yeah. They and, and they, this person used the, the term compassion fatigue. You know, you, you're called to be compassion in this area and sit so much and you can only take so much and you kind of go, "I, I can't do this. So they moved to these other areas. Now here's my concern. And this is, this is where we're coming to. Where do you move right? to avoid the kind of situations that we've been talking about today? There anywhere you go, you're going to be dealing with this. Uh, I mean, Israel's handling the, <laughs> the virus
2: pretty well. well like, oh my gosh. I, yeah. I, I mean, you're not.
1: That's yeah. the point. They, you know? And they may yeah. have they may have some other things That's, that are well, going on in Israel. Maybe right one now. maybe one or two other things. Yeah. No, my right. point
2: is. It's not just yeah. Louisiana. I mean, it's nationwide. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I don't think the issue, uh, I would call it a hate issue, maybe more than a racism issue. But I mean, mm, you just yeah. see so much hate right now. And yeah. so many, it's not, I don't think it's going away. Right. I don't think one day we're going to wake up and say, no more hate in America. Um, COVID, I, I don't know that it's going away. I mean, right. there's been some good signs that have happened, but I think this is going to, I think churches and pastors are going to be dealing with the issues related to it for quite some time. Right. I think, you know, when it comes to politics, I think this is the new norm in right. a lot of ways. Right. I really do. And I, I don't know how you get away. The only thing you can do is rise above it. Right. You know, I I can't remember which preacher said it, it might've been T.D. Jakes, but um, the the statement was Jesus didn't come to take sides, he came to take over. Mm. And I think that's something we have to remember in everything that we do, politics is not our answer. Covid policy is right. not our answer, you know. Doctor, whoever is not our answer. Jesus
1: right. is our answer. When you can't drive that home enough, yeah, absolutely. We can't trust in ourselves, even. You know, this right. is what got That's us right. Got us in this trouble in the first place. We, tr- we put our trust in Jesus. You know, right. we, we trust in Him.
2: So. And, and yet, it's that balance of I think it was Carl Bart that said years ago. Um, you know, I wake up every day yeah. and I got my Bible in one hand, the newspaper. newspaper so you yeah. can't just, you know do the bury your head in the sand. And, nope. I yeah. mean you've got to have cultural connectivity,
1: right? But it's got to happen with a Christian worldview with a biblical right. worldview. I appreciate that, greg. and and I, I really appreciate everything you've said here and the things you're doing here in order to to kind of navigate this. And like you said, you're you're not burying your head in the sand, you're you're engaging it and you're you're dealing with it. So I appreciate that.
2: but i I, I appreciate you guys. I feel like um, I'm not worthy of this podcast. <laughs> oh my oh, come on. Mark come on. and oh, Ryan Burge and all all of these guys, but but I do think you're you're hitting something that's close to my heart, right. and that is uh, the trends. Are not overly optimistic right. when it comes to people in ministry and longevity in ministry. So I appreciate you guys raising well, this. And
1: I and I'll be I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's worth repeating again. We want to be positive. There yes. there there are yes. many yeah. people out there, many podcasts, and they're being just negative and yeah. and yeah. not not offering right. answers. We want to be right. positive. We love local congregations. Absolutely. We believe we believe the local church is important. Yeah. We believe it makes a difference in their communities. And and we love pastors. We we think church leaders need to be held up and they need to be encouraged. And
2: so the local church minister, pastor, whatever title right. you has such a huge swath of influence, even right. if they don't realize it. Yeah. I want to tell you one quick story. Bob Russell, mm-hmm. probably one of the great preachers in the history of the Stone Campbell movement. Came to our church in Clinton years ago. I was just so honored to have him there. He's been someone that I've looked up to for years and years. And he got done with first service. And um, my friend Audrey, Audrey was 87 at the time, came up to me. We were getting ready for Bible school. And she said, You know, I went up to that Bob Russell and said, um, You're a pretty good guy, but you're no Greg Taylor. (laughs) I said, Audrey, (laughs) no. So I went up to him and I just thought, You know, I'm going to get rebuked. And I said, Bob. I am so sorry. He <laughs> said, oh, don't be sorry. He said, she really loves you. Yeah. And he said, my guess is there's a lot of people that really love you here. And he said, I hear that all the time. I'll go to churches, and they, they will tell me how much they love their pastor. Right. Um, but how many times does that same person tell their pastor? Right. Yeah. It's good you know, it stuff. Yeah, also, and,
0: okay. and I think that's kind of going back to this, you know, we need to be praying for our pastors. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. like it, it praying, but also... You know, it's kind of uh, when we share the gospel, we can't just pray for someone. We need to share the gospel with them, and in the same way with the pastor, like we right. need to pray for them and also encourage, encourage them, them in our spoken yes. word and, um, you know, not just like reviews online. Only speak up when it's negative, but like right.
1: give right. the five star reviews as right. well. Right, absolutely. And I tell you, you know, Bob Russell is a perfect example. Of someone who's very encouraging of, oh, of, yeah. of other ministers. He never yeah. saw it as competition, or right. you know, it was we well, had a study group, right? Or he, where he and brought and guys in. He, and he does that, and and even today, he's he's retired from the local church, but then he continues to have these retreats yeah. for for ministers and brings them in and yeah. encourages them and, and kind of gives them a good meal and, right. and and just makes them feel special, and he still does that. I'll tell you this. Since you told that story, I'll yeah. tell you the story real quick. I was serving in the Dominican Republic, and he came to visit our, our church, and he came to my Sunday school class. I had a Sunday school class wow. that I taught for uh, English-speaking staff, ministry, missionary staff of our organization, but then there were other... Organizations in town that would come and we'd, we'd have a Sunday school class. And he yeah. came and he sat down. And as he was going, I says, You're just a really good teacher, aren't you? <laughs> Oh wow. Oh, my goodness. Like, I know. You know, take me now, Lord. It's but like, think about how much The that Protestant impact. Pope has blessed you. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> in a lot of ways. Right. Yes. You're not wrong, The Restoration wrong, Movement Ryan. Pope has blessed you. Right. But think how different that was if he would have yeah. said, Brian, that was a pretty good job. But, you know, you really got yeah, yeah. Let me correct that <laughs> exposition on John 731 wrong. Right. And, you know, in my many years of experience, here's what you should have said. Right. It's the difference between yeah. an encouraging word yeah. and an uh, almost encouraging yeah. word. Well said.
1: Yeah, that's very good. So anything else, Ryan?
0: I don't think so. I mean, we've covered a lot of topics here, yeah. you know. And I think again, it's just coming back to this that I, I don't you know, the numbers are not good. Right. But, you know, with the power of Christ, like right. you know, I don't I don't think the message of Christ is diminishing in power. And so how we right. can all be active participants and ministering to those who are ministering to us. Yeah. You know, and that that's an important role for us as congregants and um you know, as the world becomes more divided and, you know, we, we watch more media and it just pushes us, you know, the, the, a world that desperately wants to pull us apart that the, the hope of Christ can
2: bring us together. Right. Well, and my guess is whatever metrics you're looking at, there probably are some bad news, but there's also probably good news if you right. search for it. Online possibilities, right. you know? I mean, um, man,
1: I would love
2: to have not had a covid but there have been some blessings yeah. that have come out of it. Yeah, it's amazing and, how many
1: churches yeah. learned to live stream, yeah. and there's there's people watching who haven't been in the, in the services. And. First Sunday of 2020, I shared a vision sermon and said,
2: this is the year we're going to step it up online. And our tech guys <laughs> who you met today said, we're a year away from that happening. And they made it happen in 48 hours. Right. Because they had to. Right. But that's a positive. Yeah. You know? Now, again, there's a lot of negative.
1: Right. But look for the positive. Sure. You know, be that cup half full yeah. church leader. Right. Well, Greg, thanks so much for yeah. coming to the Beast Tour. honor. honored. Yeah, it was fun. Good to Enjoy stuff. it. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Thank
0: you. Yeah. Thanks. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. Next week, Brian and I are talking about the Gospel of John again and talking about some of the symbolism that is found in it. Light and dark, bread, living water, all the good stuff. That discussion goes along with a book we will also be discussing next week, aptly called Symbolism in the Fourth Gospel by Craig Kester. The week after, we will be looking at how all the gospel accounts work together, and then on to an episode with a special guest about the gospel of Luke. We've got some good ones coming up you won't want to miss. You can find show notes, links, and more at thebiblebistro.com, as well as sign up for our email newsletter to stay in touch, but also to get some exclusive content we are working on. You can find us in follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Bible Bistro. And as always, you can subscribe to us on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you next Tuesday.